Good morning and welcome to Shelter in Peace. I am Mari Cleveland and we are here broadcasting live from our AM 1160 studios in Roswell, Georgia. And I am joined usually by Janice Givens, but God has got her off on a um, wonderful new project, which we'll tell you about toward the close of our hour. Instead, today I have the pleasure of having Josh Harris join us. And for those of you who've been listening to us for a bit, you heard Josh on our second show. And so we are so thankful, Josh, that you have said yes to God to come and be with us today. Thank you. Oh, the privilege is mine. I'm excited to join y'all for this hour. It's going to be awesome. That is wonderful. We also, of course, also have our lovely producer, Annie, with us. Thank you, Annie. Good morning, guys. Good morning. And um, so... Usually, so when we first started Shelter in Peace, we wanted to let everybody know we're volunteers and a little bit about us, and uh, Janice and I introduced ourselves, so I want to make sure that our listeners also get to know a little bit about Josh. Um, so just as a reminder, I've, as I've said before, I'm Mari Cleveland, and I'm a, first of all, I'm a child of God, I'm a wife, a mom, um, and a friend, and a daughter, and I also um, work part-time as a leadership consultant and full-time just sharing God's love with as many people as I can through Bible studies and um, retreats and things like that. But Josh, please take a few minutes and share a little bit about you with our listeners. Yeah, well, my name is Josh Harris, and I'm gratefully just celebrated my first year as a, a Catholic. This Woo-hoo! is my victory lap. It's been pretty incredible. So um, uh, professionally, I'm a, a stand-up comedian. Uh, I was performing on a, a cruise ship before, well, when everything went haywire. <laughs> and I'm back on dry land now. Uh, you may have seen me on uh, as a comic on E-Har- on on not on eHarmony. I'm sorry. That was a <laughs> EWTN, that's where I was going. There you go. Um, Catholic match would have been the better answer. But uh, And uh, I started off my faith journey. Uh, let's see. I was I grew up actually uh, Jewish. Uh, so my, my dad is, is Jewish and my mom is Christian. So I'm like Jew-ish, you know, just <laughs> a little bit of half-breed. But um, uh, so I started off in that, that environment. It was a beautiful foundation for faith, you know. And uh, when I was about nine, my parents split. I sort of went by the wayside, um, no faith for the most part, until I got uh, uh, sober uh, later in my life. I'm actually really grateful that I uh, I recently celebrated uh, 11 years of sobriety. Which oh, that's a, awesome. And then I turned 12. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's a bad joke. Uh, no, I, I'm gratefully thanks to 12-step recovery and the good Lord Jesus. I've been sober over 11 years, which has uh, just been a huge foundation for me. Um, through that, got involved in a, 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 a church that was Protestant, but did a really great job of giving a, a message to an unbeliever like myself. Took a little time for me to digest it. Um, had a pretty profound experience with Jesus through that uh conversion process, especially getting deeper into scripture, got more involved in uh, leadership ministries within my church, um, service work and helping others in recovery, as well as different ministry outlets. And um, I'll get into it a little bit later, but uh, eventually made a pretty hard land into Catholicism. So I've rounded a lot of bases, Jewish to nothing to Protestant to Catholic. So uh, Well, welcome home. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. That is awesome. Thank you so much. And Josh, I love the, the comment you just made about profound experiences with Jesus. And that's essentially what we're going to be talking about today, because our theme for today is going to be trusting in Jesus. 
and all the ways we grow in being able to trust in him. And it's no irony that today is also the Feast of St. Catherine of Siena, a beautiful feast day within our church. And she has some amazing quotes, um, one of which I love, which is, be who God meant you to be and you will set the world on fire. And I think, Josh, you've really stepped into that in some amazing ways. And so we're going to hear more about your story and how God is really using you to set the world on fire and to do great things for him. Um, But oftentimes that starts with us having some trust in God. And um, so that's what we'll talk about today is how do we have trust in God? We want to focus on him during this time because sometimes when things are scary and uh, it's so fearful, instead of focusing on the news and all the bad news going on, if we can focus on him and grow in our faith and our trust, it's amazing what he will encourage us to do. So talking about focusing on him, let's start with some prayer. Why don't we do that? Okay. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just offer this time to you. We thank you for being here with us. We thank you for all the amazing listeners who are out there listening today for their faith life, for the ways that you are working in their lives to increase their hope and their faith and their trust in you. Um, And we just offer up this time to your glory and to your work here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Mm -hmm. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So as we said, trust. So how do we build trust? You know, so I think about, you know, Josh, I only met you recently and I don't know whether I should trust you or not. How do do I come to know whether I trust? Now, Annie, I trust because I've been on the air now for several days with Annie and I know that she can cue me and she can push all the right buttons. And she actually speaking of that, Annie, our listeners also can reach out right to us now. How do we make sure they can do that? Yeah, so they can reach out with us on Facebook, Instagram, even Twitter. Um, You can find us by looking for The Quest Atlanta on any of those platforms. Or if you want to email us, you can email us at info at thequestatlanta.com. Or you can just go onto our website at thequestatlanta.com and fill out the contact form and let us know what what you're looking for, you know, prayers or if you have a question about the station or maybe you're looking for somewhere for your business to be a sponsor. You know, there's all those things you can find out on our website um, or on our app. So (laughs) you can download our app at the, if you look on the app store, you search for Quest Atlanta. And if you look on Google Play Store, you look for Quest Atlanta as well and click download. Super easy. There's all kind of Catholic news sources, our programs on demand. You can find all kinds of things and you can get in contact with us there too. That's perfect. That's great. So essentially we're asking you to have relationship with us. And that's exactly what God wants as well, right? He wants relationship with us. And it's only through building relationship that we really can grow in trust. So Josh, I'm feeling like as I get to know you better, I'll get to understand you better. I'll get to experience time with you, build our relationship, and I'll start to trust you, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And so um, when I think about trust, and I've talked to a lot of people about this before, both in my work and leadership, like how do we trust those leaders? They're telling us what we need to do. We want to follow after good leaders but also very much in our faith life, because sometimes it can be so difficult um, to, to trust. And one of my favorite um, biblical examples of somebody who really grew in trust, and I wanted to share this today, I, God just put this on my heart for me to share, um, is Moses, right? So Moses, the patriarch, and we think of him, typically when you think of Moses, what do you guys think of when you think of Moses? 
somebody who's like really powerful and strong and courageous, right? Yeah. Absolutely. You know, this dynamic leader, but there's a little bit more of a backstory to it, isn't there? There is. There totally is. So you think of him as, you know, he's got a staff in the air and the Red Seas are parting and he kind of looks a little like Charlton Heston, maybe, right? <laughs> and um, But... Exactly. Like Josh just said, there is a backstory. There's a backstory to what happened with Moses. And so many of you will remember the story of Moses. You know, he was very favored um, by God because he was born Israelite, born a Hebrew um, during the time that the, that the Israelites, the Hebrew people were in bondage in Egypt. And he was saved from being killed as the firstborn son by being set off on, in a in a small little um what do you call it? a little, what was basket? it? Basket. Little, basket. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Woven basket, right? Yeah. yeah. By his mom in the Nile and that he was raised in the palace of the Pharaoh. But then he murdered um, an Egyptian who he saw beating a Hebrew brother and he ran away. He ran away in fear and he went on to the, uh, into Midian, into pagan territory. And, and basically he married a Midianite's uh, daughter, a pagan um, young woman, and he became a um, shepherd for 40 years. For 40 years, he was a shepherd and he was basically not heard of. But this is what's so cool. So then God appeared to him and he appeared to him in that burning bush. So the first miracle that Moses got to see is Moses got to see this burning bush where God was actually speaking to him. There is the holy ground. And so what's so fascinating about this is God had a great plan for Moses, just like God has an amazing plan for each of us. God had this great plan for Moses. Moses just needed to step into that plan. But how does he do that, right? How does he have the courage to step in, step into that plan? Because God is saying, Moses, I want you to go back to Egypt where you're wanted as this criminal and go back to the Pharaoh's house and tell them that God sent you. And he's thinking, how do I do this? Not only how do I do this, but also, hey, God, I've got a speech impediment. I can't talk. I can't go do this. So he's giving God all of the reasons he cannot fulfill what God wants him to do. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's interesting how he says no. Right away, he's kind of like, ah, interesting (laughs) idea, God. That'd be great to go save all of the Israelites and bring them out of captivity. But I don't think I'm your guy. I don't think I can do this. So, you know, that kind of happens to all of us from time to time, right? There are times where we think, God, I don't think I really can do this. I don't know that I want to do this. Josh, has there ever been a time for you, you know, if we think about real life situations, has there ever been a time for you where you sensed God was telling you to do something and you thought, eh, I'm not so sure about that? Oh, yeah. And I think it's a daily occurrence. First off, let me commend you. That was a really beautiful presentation of that. I think that if you were my Hebrew teacher growing up, I would have been paying attention because when they asked me how Moses drove the Jews out of Egypt when I was nine, I said, in a Honda. So thank you for making that so much more charismatic and dynamic and applicable. I think for me, this is a daily occurrence, but you know, sometimes there's those dynamic and really big moments that stand out for each Uh of us. And for for me, one of them, I remember one time I was driving and um, I was heading back to my place, I believe. And we lived just about a block and away, uh, half away from this abortion clinic. And I Mm. drove by and I think there were a bunch of faithful Catholic individuals praying out there. And I just felt like, and I did not really have a strong stance um, towards pro-life at this moment. I think that you could have asked me and I would have said, yeah, sure. That, But mm-hmm. I don't think, I was not very involved in that community. And um, I wasn't even Catholic yet. I think I may have been on the beginning stages of RCIA, but may- maybe not actually. And so driving by, I see these people and I hear just in my gut, like, get out and pray with them. And I thought... Uh. 
we got a bad signal, God. <laughs> that cannot be you. You know, um, I I just did not. It was it was terrifying, right, to put yourself on display like that. And um, so I did the best I could. I parked in a nearby lot. I sprinted out. I went and said the Our Father with them. I sprinted back to my car and I peeled out. <laughs> And the next time I went there, though, I stayed a little bit longer. Okay. You know, and then a little bit longer, and then eventually got some sidewalk counseling training, got on the uh, Respect Life leadership team at the church. Wow. I was uh, a parishioner at, or became a parishioner at, um, did, we've done a, uh, this is the second fundraiser I've gotten the privilege of helping produce for Pregnancy Aid Clinic, and it's wow. almost, uh, I think, uh, about over... $30,000 we've raised for them and, That's you know, amazing. and gotten to see multiple lives saved. And it's like, you never know what's on the other end of a yes to God. That is awesome. Right. And so that's, but you know, I think the beautiful thing about what you shared with Moses is like, sometimes we don't step up to the plate immediately, or maybe we just take a baby step, but we don't think it's the giant leap that God wanted us to take. But when it's like, God is so gracious and merciful, like he meets us where we're at, you right. know, and I love a, a simple prayer I've heard is like, God, give me the courage because I just don't have it. Perfect. Yeah. That is great. That is great. Thank you so much. So those of you who are listening to us or just tuning in, you are here at 1160 AM The Quest. We have shelter and peace going on. I'm Mari Cleveland, and I'm with my co-host today, Josh Harris. And we are just talking about just the grace that God gives us to trust in Him, that He takes us where we are and helps us, us to step into these amazing plans that He has for us. And Josh, I loved that story because it was so amazing how you started with what? Just one Our Father. Yeah. As quickly as you could before you peeled back out, right? And then God kept bringing you back and he kept mm. bringing you back. And now you are such a beautiful voice for life and you've done amazing things in our community. So um, I've actually gotten to pray with you at an abortion clinic before and, and we actually see, saw somebody change their mind and a life was saved that day. And it was just mm. such a beautiful miracle. And we get to Amen. see God do that. Um, but he, he brought you in and then he set you on fire, didn't he? He really set you on yeah. fire. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. He's incredible like that, you know, and I think that's the beautiful thing which you bring up is we sometimes think you got to take a giant leap, but there's a, it's my RCIA sponsor and also the gentleman that has really made a tremendous impact in my sobriety and recovery he says, just take one small step. Yeah. I think when we look at this giant leap, the chasm can sometimes seem mm. too deep or too mm -hmm. far. But when we just think, like, what's one small thing that I can do? And that's good enough for now. And then maybe tomorrow we'll, we'll take one more. Right, right, exactly. And so that's, going back to our story with Moses, that's essentially what happened, right? Mm -hmm. God was so gracious to Moses because he could have just said, okay, forget it, Moses. I'm going to just leave you here with the sheep, right? You know, <laughs> but he didn't do that. He said, you know what? Just come on. And guess what? You don't feel like you can speak. I know you can, but you feel like you've got this speech impediment. So I'm going to let you bring your brother Aaron along with you. And so I'm doing a very short synopsis of this story. There's a lot more to it. But so Aaron and Moses go before Pharaoh. First, they go to the, the Israelites, to the Hebrews in, in Egypt and tell them what's going on. And then they go before Pharaoh. And it's so fascinating. If you go to the book of Exodus and you read through the story and you look at the details, what you'll notice is at first it's Aaron speaking because Moses is just kind of watching. And God is also having, tell, he's, God is telling Moses to tell Aaron what to say. So God is still, uh, Moses is still hearing from God, but he has to then tell Aaron what to say. So Moses tells Aaron what to say. Aaron says it. And then also God tells 
Aaron, Moses to tell Aaron what to do. So then mm-hmm. Aaron is the one who puts his staff at. So what starts to happen is each of the 10 plagues were actually miracles. These were miracles that God did on behalf of his people who he loved so much and who we wanted to take out of bondage. And as you read about the miracles, what you'll see that happens is first is Aaron speaking and it's Aaron's staff doing a miracle. And Moses is watching this. And I think this happens to us sometimes. God just lets us watch these miracles happen in our lives to build up our faith to build up our faith and our trust in him so that eventually we can step forward with this very strong faith, with this trust that's built up so that we can step into who God wants us to be and what God wants us to do for him. And as you read those stories, that's what you'll see. You'll see that first it's Aaron speaking and Aaron's staff, and then it starts to be Moses is speaking, but still Aaron's staff. You know, Moses is the one talking after a while, but it's still Aaron's staff. And finally, by maybe the seventh miracle or so, the seventh plague, it's actually Moses's staff. Mm. He's all in at this point. He's not only speaking, but he's actually stepping fully into this role and and into each one of these miracles. You know, and of course, as we know, the final the final miracle is the death of the firstborn, both man and beast, and that is the whole beginning of Passover, which we just had the celebration of Passover right right at the same time as Holy Week during Holy Week, just like with Jesus during that time. And it's just amazing that everybody knows the story now. Everybody knows the story to glorify God, but we also know the story. And if we dig deep, we can see, wow, God used this guy, Moses, who was a murderer, who was scared, who was a shepherd, who had a speech impediment, but he grew his faith by continuing to give him opportunities to trust. And so I think that's part of that this great opportunity that we have is to say, how do we grow in our trust? How do we, what is it that happens that helps us grow in our trust? And where can we look in our lives at those places where God has given us those opportunities mm-hmm. to grow in trust and faith in him? Do you have some thoughts of, from things that have happened with you where you see those kind of <laughs> miracle moments in your own life, Josh? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think for me, one big miracle is just seeing how I became uh, came into the Catholic Church. Mm. I mean, I had just moved back to Atlanta from Los Angeles and <clears throat> thought I had made a huge mistake, and I thought I had screwed up God's plan for my life. I was supposed to be in the West Coast. There were all these big things that were supposed to happen, and I ended up coming back here um, after a you know on and off stint. And so I'm here. I'm, I'm. What am I supposed to do? And just one day, I'm still going to this wonderful Protestant church, but the. Uh, uh, there's a mentor of mine, uh, and I said, you know, I'll go to I'll go to mass with you on Saturday. I don't even know why I said that, but I did. <laughs> it's like, well, an extra church service won't hurt. But I remember leaving that mass, you know, and I totally attribute this to the Eucharist being there. The fact that I would leave, and it was like my problems were just put on pause for mm-hmm. a second, you know. I mean that 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 peace that surpassed understanding really permeated my soul on a deep level that I had not experienced in other churches. So I'm leaving, feeling this peace, and I keep going back on Saturdays. I keep coming back. And uh, randomly, I get a roommate online because I'm here to stay. And uh, he happens to be the worship leader at Christ the King. Oh, wow. (laughs) And so I start okay, well, whatever, this is happening. He starts kind of massaging me more into the faith. And I had made this commitment. I'm still going to the Protestant church and serving there. And um, I made this commitment to go and pray like an hour a day in church. And it didn't matter what church. They're all, you know, it's what a church is a church. It was still kind of like my perspective. And so I I go in Siri, what's the nearest church to me? And uh, she says, Immaculate Heart of Mary. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I go around the corner and I start praying an Immaculate Heart of Mary faithfully every day uh, for about an hour. I didn't know how Catholic what I was doing really was. And I'm showing up and I'm praying. And I'm doing this holy hour that I don't even know is a holy hour. <laughs> And the, the one day I get there and the mass is ending and I'm like, well, I'll just go to this tomorrow. This will count. So I show up, I start going to mass daily and they could <laughs> smell the fresh Protestant scent on me because they're asking me to, you know, say the rosary with them afterwards. They're throwing beads at me like it's Mardi Gras. They're, you know, they are total pros. And so it was a little uncomfortable at first, but I, I really think once I said that first, um, once I said that first rosary, uh, Mary grabbed my heart in a very special way. Wow. And later I was at a 12-step meeting and I didn't realize this was not cool at the time. I was wearing a rosary. Um, oh. But someone from the 12-step meeting noticed and said, hey, I didn't know you are Catholic. I'm like, well, I'm not really Catholic. I mean, I, this thing looks nice. It's like, well, you should do RCIA. I'm sponsoring somebody through RCIA and you oh should do gosh. it. And he saw the miraculous medal, which was the reason he, he pointed that out. It's like, if I had tucked in Mary maybe nothing but like and so I did RCIA at the parish he mentioned and um you know received Christ uh, uh last Easter and I will just say what the first time I experienced communion I literally I mean I felt the grace of God just gently explode in my head and cascade down my entire body and the next mm -hmm. day I woke up I felt explosive joy. I never loved my dog that much, my mom that much, my <laughs> friends, my family. I was outside marveling at the glory of God's creation. It truly was, you know, a cocooning uh, of the grace and the joy and the peace of God uh, that I had never experienced before. So I think, you know, one step at a time. But I think for me, the common denominators in getting there was 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 faithful prayer, yeah. daily mass, um, and in uh, Eucharistic adoration service, you know, rosary. I mean, there are a lot of different components, but I think if you just boil it down to the most common elements, it would be prayer, uh, service, uh, prayer and, and service and mass. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. That is awesome. I love, I love that story. And I love so many elements of it, especially just those, those moments where you knew, obviously God was, had his hand in that, right? Absolutely. Because each person he put into your path, even Siri telling you where to go to church, yeah. right? Who knew, who knew God could use Siri, right? Totally. So it's so cool how God will use so many elements and aspects in our life to continue to grow us in our trust in him, our faith in him, um, and toward the path that he has for us. And, you know, I think about, uh, there's another quote from St. Catherine of Siena that I saw when I was um, just thinking about her more this morning and praying. And it this is just so beautiful. And it, it kind of speaks to this a little bit because it took some courage to do what you were doing, right? Mm -hmm. You were really stepping. Sure. You had a church you really enjoyed. You were stepping out in a new way, Absolutely. right? Um, but it says... Um, and I think about the other reason I like this quote is because of what's going on right now. Right now, we've got, there's so much darkness out there. There's so much, um, just this pandemic, which is causing so, so much for people, uh, so much grief, so much sadness, so much um, death, right? Just in so many different ways, the darkness yeah. is going on, but we've got the light of Christ. And um, St. Catherine of Siena mm -hmm. also said, and it's interesting, these quotes are over 600 years old and oh. they just still resonate today. She said, start being brave about everything. Drive out darkness and spread light. Don't look at your weakness. 
realize instead that in Christ crucified, you can do everything. Mm. Yeah. And that's your story, Josh. It's my story. Annie, it's your story, right? All of us through Christ crucified, we can do everything. You know, we can trust in him for everything. And, um, you know, Moses obviously saw that as well. And I think one of the things that um, when I think about families, especially and how we help each other recognize those God moments in our lives, those glory stories, those places where God really created miracles for you to um, grab onto and to appreciate. Um, it's important that we keep saying it's why God asked the, the Jewish people to keep on doing Passover every year so that every generation will know of God's majesty, his glory, his miracles on their behalf. And for each of us, the same thing. So in the Bible, in um, 1 Samuel, there is a great story about how God saved them during one of the battles, during one of the ites. I can't remember which ite, which the Amalekites or the Hittites or whoever, but it was they, Samuel put up an Ebenezer. You know, here I raise my Ebenezer and Ebenezer said, it's basically the stone that saves. Here's where God saved us. And they were, they, they, they built this, this thing of rocks, these stones, so that every time they walked past them in the desert, they could see those stones. And they said, yeah, that's the place where God saved us. And I think it's so important as families for us to recognize, remind each other, remind each other of this happened in our lives. Remember kids, that time where, you know, we missed that car accident and that, you know, God just really saved us for that, from that. Or remember that time where the firefighters got there just in time or whatever it might've been, you know, for me, I prayed for a husband for a long time. I didn't get married till I was almost 34, but I was praying very specifically. And God just really showed up in a big way in blessing with me with my husband and just all of the ways that God, um, these amazing stories. And so one of the things that I did with my kids is uh, in their classroom, actually at their school, is we created our own Ebenezer and we gave all the kids a, a stone and we said, put on the stone something that God's done for you that you're thankful for. And these children got to build an Ebenezer in the corner of their classroom and we set extra stones and, and um, markers there so that they could write on the stones every time they thought about something God had done for them, a miracle, a blessing, some way that he had just touched them and saved them and they got to build their Ebenezer. And that's, that's just that great thought of building faith. And one of the ways you just said is building faith through prayer. So we're going to go ahead and pray before we go to our break now. And we're going to um, just thank God for the uh, the many um, blessings that he's giving us. Just pray some adoration prayer for him. So, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you that you are um, our Abba Father. You are. We thank you that you are our Jehovah Jireh. We thank you that you are the one who provides. You are the one who blesses us, Lord. Um, and we just thank you for all of the, the many blessings that are in our lives that are going on um, for us. We thank you for all the, the ways that you have shown up in big ways and in little ways. We thank you, um, a listener, Beth. We thank you for the rest restoration of her um, relationship with her mother, for the reconciliation, Lord, just for that miracle there. We thank you for Samantha's father, who has six daughters and is working so hard to keep everybody safe. And we just thank you for him, for his strength to be such a good father. Lord, we thank you for those who are on the front lines, um, for the healthcare workers and all those in in public health, as well as the first responders, the military. We thank you for our priests and our, our bishops and all of our, 
all of our religious who are there, who are praying for us. Um, And we thank you, Lord, for the blessings of our family and our friends and our communities that we can be with during this time and all the ways that you are blessing um, us through them and through their prayers. Lord, we thank you, especially for you. We thank you for you and for your mother um, who continues to intercede on our behalf. Um, And in all of these things, we pray, especially um, through you, Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. And we, and we thank you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You're listening to Shelter in Peace. Stay tuned. The Quest presents A Daily Dose of Virtue with Jay Tremonti from Venture with Virtue. Do you find it easy to do the right thing? What about when no one's looking? Making good decisions and acting on them is what virtue is all about. But the pressure of stress, temptation, and vice constantly try to pull us away from doing the right thing. That's when we're at our weakest. Do you wish there was something to help you overcome these weaknesses, make a good decision, and do the right thing? Good news, there is. It's called accountability. Sometimes our desire to be virtuous and do good is not enough for us to actually do the right thing. Having a friend or family member hold us accountable can make all the difference. When we know we have to answer to someone else for our decisions and actions, we actually think more critically make a good decision, and act in line with the person we want to be, even when we're weak. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. Hi, this is AJ with The Quest. Did you know that we are on a mission to invite, inform, and inspire listeners like you? We want you to embrace your journey and take one step closer to God by not only listening, but engaging with us. In fact, we could use your help with making this vision a reality. I ask you to prayerfully consider joining us as a missionary to help with volunteer tasks at our studio in Roswell, Georgia. If you feel called to help and would like to learn more, please send us an email at info at thequestatlanta.com. The Quest invites you to pray the Unity Prayer. Let us pray. My adorable Jesus, may our feet journey together. May our hands gather in unity. May our hearts beat in unison. May our souls be in harmony. May our thoughts be as one. May our ears listen to the silence together. May our glances profoundly penetrate each other. May our lips pray together to gain mercy from the Eternal Father. Amen. The King's calling Despite voices of fear Welcome back to Shelter in Peace here on 1160 AM, The Quest Radio. And so the music you just heard, if you go to Holy Spirit Prep, you probably recognize that song because it was written by our special mystery guest today. We have got Father John Klein on the line with us. And Father John is the chaplain at Holy Spirit Prep. Father, welcome. We are so glad to have you today. Thank you so much. I'm so happy and privileged to to be calling in today. So thanks for having me. That is wonderful. It's wonderful to have you as well. So so we um, would love to hear just a little bit about you and your role um, at Holy Spirit Prep, some of the things you're doing, and also about your order, because you are with Legionaries of Christ. That's right, yes. So I'm, I'm a, a baby priest, as I call it. So I've been <laughs> ordained a priest for maybe a year and a half, going on two years. And so I, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, originally, and I, um, I guess I, since I was a little kid, I always wanted to 
in some way have an adventure. I think in every the heart of every little little boy, there's a desire to have an adventure, uh, go on a mission. You know, even when you're playing video games, you know Mario's set to save the princess. You want to do something. You want to do something great. Um, and I guess God, in a certain way, um, He called me. And as as a little kid, He put that desire in my heart. And then later on, I would I would discover uh, after college, after studying a little bit in the university in Nashville, pursuing music at 21 years old, and I I felt a call to to do something more. An adventure more transcendent or profound. God called me uh, on one night, and I left Nashville. I left my guitar behind, and actually I met a legionary priest, and uh, the only thing he had to tell me was that he was a missionary. And I remember looking, looking up the order online, and there was a picture of Pope John Paul II, who I had come to really admire and, and uh, idolize, and he was ordaining all these young men to the priesthood, and they were lying in the ordination ceremony, you lie prostrate on the ground. Mm. And um, it's a symbol that you're giving everything, your your body, your soul, your talents, your gifts, your future to God. And I saw that picture, and I said, that is the adventure of a lifetime. Oh. And wow. I was able to, God gave me a grace in that moment to tell, call up my college roommates and and we're actually all Protestants, practicing Protestants, and tell them, hey, God is calling me, I think, to be a, a missionary priest, and so I'm not going to come back next year. And he gave me a, a grace to to enter the uh, the legionaries, and this is 2006. And um, one of the, I think one of the things I fell in love with uh, about that, like I was saying, is uh, they're missionaries, and one, one thing, especially where we try to do as an order, is to form Christian leaders, or apostles as we'll call them, uh, to, to put their gifts and talents at the service of the, the Church's new evangelization. Oh, wow. So there are so many um, creative ways to bring Christ into our culture, into our families, into our school, into our society, and in a special way we try to, to inspire and equip um, people, whether they're young, whether they're youth, boys and girls, or whether they're um, young adults, or whether they're married, um, or whether they're seasoned parents, uh, to see that, hey, God has given you gifts and talents, and you're in a special way being called to be a missionary, whether it's a missionary in your your school, your home, whether it's a missionary in another country, um, and helping to inspire and, and uh, equip people to to use those gifts and talents. And in a special way, I think God gave me that love for music, and that's why I was in Nashville, but I didn't quite have the key to figure out what exactly that gift of music was for, and so I, I wasn't satisfied until I until Christ gave me that, that final, uh, that the key, which was that I was made to use that gift as a missionary and to bring mm-hmm. others to Him. And so then, uh, so after my, my first assignment, after studying... Uh, my theology in Rome was to come uh, to Atlanta and to work at Holy Spirit Prep. So um, I'm very privileged to work there with a lot of the families, with another chaplain, Father Juan Jose, with uh, the parish priests there at, um, at Holy Spirit uh, Church, which is right next to our campus with Monsignor Dillon. So we're very, very blessed, and I've been gleaming a lot of wisdom and missionary zeal from a lot of the priestly experience that is and there and also the the fervor of a lot of these families 
That's beautiful. Well, I've got a question. You mentioned the importance of passing on this, you know, evangelistic passion and uh, all these tools to the youth. Uh, this is kind of an unprecedented time. Do you have any suggestions on how we could evangelize during this time of immobility? Yes, and I think there's so many beautiful examples all all around us. If you just look on a lot of these news outlets or some of the Catholic sources that are highlighting people that are just being creative and being missionary at home. Um, one really cool thing that we were able to do every, usually every Holy Week to help high school kids and young adults live really well, the, the Holy Days, we usually take them on mission. Usually just we take them, we keep them in Atlanta, but we'll go downtown and we'll spend those Holy Days doing homeless ministry, street evangelization, and going to all the Holy Week services. But this year we had a challenge, which was we want to still do missions, but no one can leave their home. So we were mm-hmm. um, brainstorming to see what are things that teenagers, young adults, and even families can do from their home to, to still be a missionary, because we are at Easter, and the apostles are, are um, they're being sent on mission now. We're reading in the, the Mass and the liturgy about the Acts of the Apostles and all Jesus continued to do after his resurrection to his apostles. So how can we do that if we can't uh, leave our leave our, our home? And uh, a couple uh, a couple ideas. And one thing that was really inspiring was on Good Friday we had the kids um, make a cross. You can, and that was left open ended. So some kids made crosses out of applesauce boxes. Some wove iPhone cords together to uh, make <laughs> wow. like a woven cross. <laughs> Others awesome. actually cut down. Um, medium-sized trees. Um, and <laughs> Hopefully with their parents' crosses. permission. <laughs> uh, drew it out with chalk on the front step. But the idea wasn't just to make a cross. It was to call people. So they had to fill up their cross with different prayer intentions. And it, it, uh, mm. it um, I guess, inspired them to say, hey, you know what? I can, I can use just the contacts in my phone. I can text people. I can call them and just say, hey, mm. you know, it's, it's Easter. And I, I want to say a prayer for you. What can I pray for? And uh, it was very inspiring to see a lot of these crosses filled with little post-it notes. So that's something you can do. Your everybody's got a phone, and uh, you know why not call the the aunt, the uncle that you haven't talked to in a long time? Why not call your cousin? Why not call your friend or the guy you graduated from high school or college with? Uh, there's a, a lot of people probably in our contact list that we've lost touch with. And uh, why not just call them up and uh, and ask them for to say uh, ask them for a prayer intention? You can have a normal conversation, but at the end, throw that in there. Uh, that's something very easy or accessible, a way to be a missionary. Um, or also, I mean, there's other different initiatives we had the kids do, and that was you could uh, find a nurse or a doctor, and we tried to order pizza for them. So you can do like oh, DoorDash awesome. or uh, these other apps, and you can find out maybe one of your friends, I'm sure you know a nurse or a doctor, but, you know, send send food to their house so they don't have to cook a meal or um, write a card and send it to them and have them distribute it to people maybe at their, at their hospital facility or if it's an elderly home, you could call up and deliver little trinkets or uh, little prayer cards or little cards or uh, different things for the, the elderly. So those are a couple ideas and Mm. And um, I'm sure once you get the wheels turning, you can find 
many, many little things, right? They don't have to be big things because uh, God oftentimes blesses the smallest little act, the little littlest missionary act, even if it's totally hidden. A lot of times those can be the most fruitful in the big picture. That's so awesome. those are just the couple ideas, maybe. That put, is great. Yeah, put me on the pizza list. Too. <laughs> That's, okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 you know, Father John, how are the kids responding? Because you're asking them to step out in some new and different ways. So, you know, these were such amazing creative ways. It looks like they're responding with a lot of creativity. But even just that getting out of their comfort zone and asking people for prayer requests. Um, how are the kids responding? What kind of things are you seeing in their, their hearts and their lives? Um, yeah, I guess one thing would just be joy. Um, when we go out of our comfort zone, it's always hard. But there is always rewarded with such a, a joy. Like, mm. uh, you're always afraid, what if I call this person? What are they going to say? <laughs> Fear of rejection. Um, and, but most of the times, it's, uh, it's amazing how when we go out on a limb, how God works and fills us with uh, a joy. And, and so one thing is if you don't do it alone, if you, you have another friend who can do it with you, or the idea of the mission was, to connect kids so they could see what each other were doing mm. so that they would be more inspired to know, Hey, I'm not doing this alone. Oh yeah. So if you, uh, if you have a good friend, if you want to do it as a family, um, things like that, that, uh, take away maybe your fear to be a missionary. But then I think one of the characteristic joys of Easter, of uh, the apostles of, of the kids when they're, you see them doing this is that they're smiling, they're happy. They're forgetting about maybe, um, being stuck at home, or all these things, because where there's love, there is God. And uh, where there's God, there's joy. And uh, even if there's the cross, there's hope and there's joy and peace. So I think that just lots of pictures we got back of just kids smiling. That is amazing. That's amazing. I'm going to pause just for a second, because for anybody who's just tuning in, I want to make sure you know who you're listening to. This is Father John Klein, who is the pastor at Holy Spirit Prep, and we are just so thankful to have you as our guest here on Shelter in Peace today. Wonderful. Yeah, and so i got to ask this I love your music. We've gotten the privilege of hearing uh, some of it, and it's obvious, especially by your lyrics. I mean, I'm really impressed with the lyric writing. It's fantastic. But um, I'm curious, how do you, now that you go from Nashville musician, aspiring, you know, touring rock star to, uh, you know, leading people to the true rock star, how do you, you still use that music uh, backbone or musical backbone in your, your ministry? I mean, have you found a comfortable pocket for that and uh, been able to maybe connect as well with the people you minister to with it? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Music is, is something very powerful, I think, and it, it, uh, it can really inspire uh, people, whether that's music and prayer. When, the, when it's a beautiful, a beautiful song, it opens your heart, it lifts your mind, and, and uh, makes you feel God's presence uh, very closely in a culture that's oftentimes very anxious um, and worried and a little ADD. Music can really calm you and focus you on... on uh, on Christ and, and that he's present in his goodness. So one thing I love to do is, uh, is to pray with music. So any kind of like holy hours uh, that you can do with families or youth to uh, use music to pray. So that's one way, but also I feel a call because I felt this call as a kid to be a missionary to see how, how can I use music 
um, to get kids excited to maybe overcome their fear uh, of spreading their Mm -hmm. faith, but also overcome their fear to say, you know, I do have something to give to God, Mm -hmm. and maybe I'm not the best singer, or maybe I'm not the best speaker, or maybe I'm not the most confident kid or the best athlete, but if I go out of my comfort zone, I do have something to share. And so the music in a big way uh, has been, uh, I write a lot of music for our evangelization missions. So music that Mm -hmm. you can get play together, the kids will get excited, and then they can go out and not be so afraid to to speak on the streets to to the homeless people or to stop people passing by on a street corner and collect prayer intentions. And uh, those mission experiences help them then to overcome that fear when they're walking down the the hall at high school or when you're at Kroger. Uh, You can more easily talk to the people that are there if you can um, have that experience of being a missionary. So a lot of the music, I think we're going to, I have a grace to go down to Nashville in the end of June and we're going to record a CD and it's going to be called, it's going to be mission music. So it's all going to be anthems that we've been using for our missions to that are fun to sing, that are energetic, that inspire kids to go out and pray or uh, go out and evangelize and then come back and a couple more gentle songs, like prayerful songs that help them to surrender that mission experience of those people they met to Christ in, uh, in prayer. That is so, awesome. I got a quick question about that. That's amazing. And before we, Dan, yeah. I just uh, are you so are you doing solo acoustic? Or are you going to go big band and blast out this production? Um, so the goal is my is to go. It's where these anthems is to go. It's to go big for the uh, for the anthem. So we're gonna we're gonna try that. Nice. And uh, I have a a couple good friends that I've come in contact with that um, do some great things. One's called Love Good, um, which is uh, a guy from, a young man, Jimmy Mitchell from Atlanta, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. I know Jimmy. Has a great, yeah. um, a great apostle there. So some of his friends from the Vigil Project is another great Catholic uh, music apostle are going to help uh, just make some of those songs awesome. And uh, because, you know, when, the goal is when you hear it, you can't help but sing it, you can't help but move and you can't help but be a missionary. That, awesome. that is amazing. And you know what? We have actually for our listeners a treat because, Father John, we've got a clip from your the, the song Leave Your Mark that you actually just wrote as the theme song for this last week's, uh, this last Holy Week's mission. And so we're going to play that clip so our listeners can hear some of, some of you in your kind of garage band, since you did have to do this one in your garage, and, um, and just the yeah. lyrics. And when we come back from hearing this clip, we'd love to hear from you, too, just your thoughts on how, you, how God inspired you, especially, because a lot of the themes we're talking about on the show today, and we've been talking about in the last few weeks, we hear those in your, in your song as well. So, Annie, can you go ahead and share with us? Leave your mind. The king's calling Despite voices of fear Oh, 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 oh,
We love that. Leave your mark on us. So, Father John, can you tell us anything about um, the inspiration for that song? Um, so I, each each year we try to pick a theme for the whole missions, and so this year is Leave Your Mark. The idea is uh, one of the things at the very beginning of every mission, you get a cross that you wear around your neck, and it's your missionary cross, and it's uh, and you wear it during the missions, and the idea is that the cross is like the mark. Christ marks us with his cross. Mm-hmm. So on Good Friday, you know, when he dies on the cross, it's through the cross that he, he wins for us the ability to be baptized, become yeah. children of God. Mm-hmm. And um, when you're baptized, the catechism says an indelible mark is left on your soul, which yeah. means like an undeletable. You can't erase it. You can't wipe it off. Hmm. You can't scratch it or file it off. It's there. It's, mm-hmm. You're marked um, with, uh, as a child of God. And so that crosses that reminder, and then the idea as well that we're called to go out and uh, to leave a, leave a mark on this world that God has given you gifts and talents, yep. and uh, you're called to share those, that you are a gift, and uh, you shouldn't be afraid to make a gift of yourself through your gifts and talents to, uh, to the others in your family, to those in your, your school, those in your workplace. So that's kind of the idea, and as well, the thinking back, if you can remember, at the beginning of Christianity, uh, Constantine, Emperor Constantine was a pagan, and uh, he was invading, he wanted to become emperor in Rome, he was invading, and uh, he sees a, a sign of the cross in the sky, and it says, in this sign you will conquer. Mm. He had his troops, you know, uh, use the sign of the cross on their armor, and they, he was victorious and uh, converted to Christianity. And for the first time ever in Rome, he makes Christianity legal, and actually the official religion of the empire, it will, that will happen later. But uh, the moment that Christianity goes from persecution to actually to being uh, one of the, the most, the official religion of one of the most far-reaching empires in history was this moment. It was the cross, and it was on, if you mark yourself with this cross, um, you'll be victorious. And so that's also uh, kind of the idea a little bit in the song. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. And thank you for your time today, for speaking to our listeners, for sharing um, your heart and your... um, your apostolate, your gifts, your all of your gifts that you've got, and just your joy for what you're doing and for the ways that you are helping um, each of the children and the families that you come into contact with to understand that they do have gifts, that they can leave their mark, that they have been marked in such a beautiful way. And would you mind closing this segment of our time together, Father John, with a prayer for our listeners? Yes, I'd love to. Okay, we can start in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dearest Jesus, we know that you're, you're really present, that in this moment we, we celebrate you resurrected from the dead, but also very present through the gift of your Holy Spirit. You become present in each one of your disciples, each one of your apostles, each one of us. And so we are temples now of that Holy Spirit, Lord, and you're calling us in a certain way as we celebrate the Feast of Catherine of Siena today to go out and set the world on fire. And so, Lord Jesus, in, infuse each one of us, send your Holy Spirit to, uh, deep within our hearts to inspire courage in this time of fear, to inspire um, confidence in this time of worry and anxiety, and to send us out, even if it's through our phone or digitally, or even if it's just through our prayer, 
that we too, Jesus, want to be your missionaries. We want to leave a mark. We want not just to love you with our whole selves, but we also want to see other people love you as much and even more than we could ever love you. So, Jesus, give us that blessing today. Send your Holy Spirit upon us and fill us with great peace and joy. We ask all this in your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Father John, thank you. What a beautiful I, blessing. Wonderful. Oh, yes, I appreciate it. Thank you so much and um, for inviting me. And um, I thank all the, the listeners and all the, the kids and families of the Holy Spirit for um, for your prayers for myself and um, for all of your, your own courage and what you're doing to try to evangelize. Thank you so much. Have a great day. God bless you all. Thank you so much. God Bye-bye. bless. Thank God you. Bless you. Bye-bye. Wonderful. So as Father John just shared, there are so many different ways that we can go out and we can be missionaries. And so we want to, in these final minutes here at The Quest, share with you just a few ways that you can do this. Um, so as some of you may know, um, Friday is actually going to be a really special day in our country. Friday, we've got a renewal of the consecration of the United States to the Blessed Virgin Mary on May 1st. And I so interesting to me that in addition to our U.S. Council of Catholic Bishops doing that here in the, in the United States, the bishops of Canada will also be doing it on a Friday. So almost wow. all of North America is going to be consecrated or have a renewal of their consecration to the Blessed Virgin Mary, specifically Mary, Mother of the Church. And um, so those uh, those the the consecration is going to take place at three o'clock Eastern time. And um, Most Reverend Jose Gomez, who is the Archbishop of Los Angeles, he's also the president of the USCCB. He is going to be leading this. And what's interesting is we've got a couple of ways you can get involved with this. Um, not only can you uh, follow along with his consecration that he's doing, but you can also uh, call in. We have two different opportunities for you to call in. You can call in here at the Quest at um, 1 p.m. Actually, the call-in number is to a phone bridge that we allow up to a 1,000 listeners to be able to call in and say the rosary together wow. um, in anticipation of this renewal of the consecration at 1 p.m., and that phone number, I'm going to give, give you the phone number. We're also going to have it also on our website as well that you can look for it is 563-999-1262. And if one o'clock doesn't work for you, um, this is also the project I promised you that Janice is working on. Janice is working on a project and trying to get everybody, uh, have one person from each of the 50 states to say one of the 50 Hail Marys in the rosary. And so she's also going to have an opportunity for you to call in at that same number at 3.30. So right after the official consecration at 3, 3.30, there's going to be a rosary for all of the United States um, to get together and pray. So once again, we offer, we ask you to call in. You can also go to Janice, our, you can come to our website. You can go to Janice's website, which is www.gofishoutreach.com for details as well. So um, just wonderful ways that you can share, you can share your faith. So um and, and just like Father John just said, you can share your faith through prayer. I do have to call out one group of ladies, though, who are that special ladies because they've been praying a lot for us. And these are ladies who show up in front of my parish every morning at 730 and have for weeks and weeks now. And they walk around about 10 to 15 
um, feet apart with their masks on, with their gloves on, and they walk around saying the rosary every single morning. And it's just gorgeous. <laughs> it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. So we are wrapping up and we just want to thank you for being with us today. We thank you for the blessing of um, having you, Josh. I thank you so much it's for an coming honor on and, 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 and hosting you. with us. And um, Josh, would you close us with prayer? I would love that. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Dear God, thank you so much for the privilege to uh, be a Catholic community strengthened in faith through the blood of Christ in a mutual love for his glory. I pray that you guide us, direct us, lift us up in every decision we make. Um, I pray you help us especially just take this time as a God pause to truly love the people around us and be present to them and to you. Um, care for us in our suffering and may it, like it did with Jesus, bring us ever closer to your will, your mission, and your grace in our lives. We can better minister to others and love you more. And I ask Mm -hmm. this in Jesus' holy name, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to your Atlanta Catholic radio station. If you didn't get to catch this entire, the whole episode of Shelter and Peace today, you can check it out on our website at thequestatlanta.com later today or on our app. Thank you. Stay tuned. The Angelus is coming up next.